This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Melanated Memoirs is brought to you by Anchor. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast or anything like that, Anchor is the go-to. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions about how to record an episode, which platforms would be best for me, how do I get my show into all apps that people like to listen to, and how would I make money from my podcast? The answer to all of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad, girl. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I like Anchor because it's very easy to use. You can use it on your desktop, your laptop, or even your phone or tablet. I mean, just give it a try. And it's absolutely free. What better way to get your podcast out there, girl? Okay. And inside the app, you can find the links to the various outlets and just distribute those out when you're posting to social media. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters that are already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's start the show. Hey, what's up, family? This is Yannick Taylor. Welcome to another installment of Melanated Memoirs. This first season, again, as I earlier stated, I'm giving you all um, some stories from my melanated existence. Remember, if you want to share your story on Melanated Memoirs, please email me at melanatedmemoirspod at gmail.com or tweet me at melanatedmemoir on Twitter. Um, and you can look me up on Instagram as Yannick T. Music. So after this little announcement, I'm going to jump right into the story. Smooches. What's going on, everybody? On this episode of Melanated Memoirs, we're going to discuss the time that I bought the house in Virginia. Melanated Memoirs.
What's going on, everybody? This is Johnny Taylor. This is another installment of Melanated Memoirs. As you can tell, I'm actually in my car just uh, doing this podcast. I wanted to come on and talk about this particular time that I bought the house in Virginia. Now, I want you to think about the acronym house in Virginia. Just think about it. That is a common way of saying HIV. Um, which if you are familiar and well-educated, HIV, if left untreated, can lead to AIDS, um, autoimmune deficiency um, syndrome. Um, And this story takes place in 2012. I want to share this with you all. It was after Thanksgiving, a week after Thanksgiving, actually. And I had been meaning to get tested my routine STI and HIV tests and different things like that. And going for my um, regular checkup as well. I said, so I need to get things checked out. Yes, I'm in my car. So this is where I would be doing a lot of my stories um, in my car. So I, um, and again, this podcast is very grassroots starting out. So it's going to get better with time. Okay. So I decided to get tested and it's crazy because a couple of months before this test, I had had a dream that I ended up getting a positive result. And in the dream, I was so calm and collective and at peace. And I, and at the time that I had the dream, it was June. So I went and got tested the next day and my test came back negative because, you know, now they have the rapid results with the with the mouth swab, things like that. Well, I had been a loose cannon and having unprotected sex. And I said, well, it's time for me to get tested again. Um, I just had it and I was thinking about this in September, but I it slipped my mind and I didn't get tested again until November 29th, 2012 after Thanksgiving and I went into the doctor's office. I remember praying that day and getting off from work and just praying and singing, saying, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, but what if, how would this affect my future? If I am positive, So I made it to the testing site, to the clinic, and went in. Nice yet lady. She was a plus-sized lady. Very nice. And we laughed and giggled a lot. And I honestly don't think I'm in this parking space correctly, but nevertheless. Um, But she and I laughed and giggled. Just to kind of break the ice a little bit because, you know... A lot of times when people are taking HIV tests, the process can be quite stressful and it'll cause you to have heart palpitations and things like that. So, you know, I went through all of those emotions and I said, well, Lord, if I am, I know God that you will keep me through this. You never left me and you never forsook me. So she quizzes me on how 
two and how not to catch HIV, how it spread, you know, different things like that, how it can be transmitted. What are ways that you can prevent HIV and really educational and she even provided me with more information and she said, well, let's go ahead and take your test. So we went into the testing room and she put on her latex gloves and proceeded to do the mouth swab test, graze my gums and all of that, you know. And we went back to our office and we talked some more while she um, waited for the test to be ready, which it took about 20 or 30 minutes. And but it seemed like an eternity. So she got to ask me questions about myself. And I told her, you know, I'm in the church. I'm a musician. I, you know, I'm a club entertainer and do YouTube, blog, different things like that. This is like maybe six years before I started. No, this was five years before I started podcasting. And I noticed that she checked her watch and she got up. She said, let me go. I'll be right back. She came back. She said, well, how are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling fine. She said, I do want to tell you your test did come back positive. I was calm and I can't explain the peace that was over me. And she was like, the test did come back positive. She said, there's no need to be alarmed. We can get you in treatment, but, and this could possibly be a false positive. It may be that you may have something else going on that, you know, can cause this to react a certain way. I said, okay. She said, but as a added measure, we're going to send you over to another clinic that can do actual blood work to make sure of your status, whether you're negative or positive. So the next week, I went and did my blood work. They drew so much blood. I thought I was going to dry up like a prune, honey. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Lord, I hope this is a false positive. I can't afford to have HIV. Won't nobody want to date me. Won't nobody want to kiss me. I'm going to be looked at as dirty. What about my family? They know that I'm in a certain aspect of my life, that I'm a part of the LGBT community. God, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I just shook it off. I said, well, if you are, there are medicines. You ain't got to tell nobody. This will be your little secret. You know, just wait until if you get sick, that's when you tell everybody. You know, I was running through different scenarios. And I even put my Bluetooth on and start listening to music. They called my name, drew my blood. And about a week later, I got the phone call to come back into the office. She said, the results have been confirmed that you are HIV positive. We're going to, um, in a couple of days, we're going to send you over to this clinic. And we're going to um, go over your finances because we need to get you in treatment as soon as possible. Okay. So they did more blood work to see which medications can work. And from what I was told, the infection was very new. It was very fresh. So I had to have come in contact 
with a within with HIV within the year because you know it doesn't HIV can lie dormant for ages before it you know but it finally showed up in my blood work I'm guessing um I'm not gonna say I'm guessing I'm too educated on to say that but I had contracted HIV basically basically I bought the house in Virginia I contracted HIV and I didn't tell anybody for a while. I told a good friend of mine, an older lady friend of mine, and another godmother figure, and my best friend, a couple of weeks after I found out. And I just started saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they asked me, why are you saying sorry for? I was like, because I failed. I failed you all. They were like, you didn't fail. You had a lapse in judgment and this is what happened, but you're going to be okay. You can live through this. And my mind recalled what a relative of mine had went through that died of AIDS complications in the mid nineties when I was 10. And here I am 26 years old, you know, 16 years later and I'm HIV positive. I'm like, I never wanted this to happen. Six months went by. And. I finally told my aunt that raised me. The first thing that this heifer says. That's what you get for being gay. You need to get down on your knees and repent. And I looked at her. I said, what the hell is repenting going to do? Magically take it away. I said, okay. I said, I repent of the act that did it, but I'm not going to repent for having a, a compromisation of my body, having an antibody in my body, having a simple virus. I said, what about people who catch his colds? I said, it's funny. What about the straight people that are in the same situation I'm in? Are you telling them to repent? Miss me with that. And I finally told my biological mother, told my dad, my uncle. And it was a process of coming to terms for a while. I wouldn't date anybody because whenever I would disclose my status. There was stigma. And I was shamed because of that. And. I'll never forget one night the following year I had attempted to start back dating and getting my like groove back, honey. I was like, still a girl, get your groove back. And a guy hit me up on a dating app. Of course he was DL and he was asking me, was I clean? And to this very day, I absolutely hate the terminology of, of clean to denote someone who has not had an STI or does not have HIV. That's an assumption that because you have HIV, you're dirty, you're nasty, you're a whore. And that's the thing in the gay community, especially the black gay community. They think if you catch HIV, you have to have been a whore or seriously on drugs. And people forget that we have people that have been raped and have contracted the virus. People that back in the day when it was real popular receiving blood transfusions and catching HIV that way or 
you don't know someone's story. They may have been born with it, you know, and and I blame that for a lot of miseducation when it first came out and how it surfaced on the scene back in the 80s and the time period. I remember the HBO series and the band played on. Angels in America, things like that. Philadelphia. So. For a while, I went back into my hole and I dealt crazily with my emotions. I started back using cocaine um, after being clean for some time, drinking heavily. I was emotionally disarrayed. And. I just felt nasty and whenever I would be so scared to talk to someone because of the stigma, but the DL dude that hit me up asked me, was I clean? I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I am HIV positive, but I'm undetectable, which means that I'm on my meds. They're working. I cannot transmit it to you. The reduction, the risk of me transmitting it, if we did have unprotected sex, is slim to none. And when I told him that over the phone, he hangs up in my face. Lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, he hits me up again. And he was like, hey, let's get together. I was like, no, thank you. I said, because of how you responded to me when I opened up and disclosed to you. He was like, well, I'm DL. I got a girlfriend. I said, good. I'm too good for you then. And I blocked him. Well, there has been other opportunities, other people to come. I dated, been in relationships been in you know situationships had friends with benefits knowing full well my status even had some people to slander me because of my status but I'm seven years later I'm still here I'm still standing strong successful podcaster Recording artist, creator, employed, entrepreneur, musician, college graduate, everything. I'm black, I'm bold, and I'm beautiful. And my life matters too. And it's sad that in 2019 that we still have people that are not educated on HIV. They're still going from knowledge from 1980 and in this age of technology there's no reason why people should not be educated on the do's and don'ts of having sex but nonetheless from my experience of living with HIV it's been sobering it has I have my moments some days um, especially Sometimes when I have to go for my regular checkups and things and it gets weary some days and that's why I advise that if you're dealing with that or any type of serious illness, therapy is okay. It is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to seek help. But I'm still standing strong. I'm still happy. And I know that my life has not ended. And that was one thing a pastor told me. My pastor told me. He said, I told him, I said, my life is over. When I found out, I said, my life is over. I said, I'm going to die at any given moment. 
even told my god sisters this and my god mom that said no your life has just begun your life has just begun and i must say in that time so much has happened i've accomplished so much moved to a new city getting my entire life and I, I must thank God and the ancestors for pushing me because I do believe there's a cure out there and I, I'm just crazy enough to believe that I'm going to live a long time I'm going to live till I'm 150 but I choose life HIV may have Hit me with his darts and bullets. But I'm an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And if you are out there, I want you to know. Please get tested. Yes, we have prep, but prep does not protect you against all STIs, only HIV. I advise you to use condoms along with prep and safe sex practices. Also, education is key. Know your status, get tested. If you are positive, get in treatment and stay in treatment. You'll thank me for telling you this. So you all live, love, and be free. Thank you so much for listening to Melanated Memoirs. Remember, if you want your story or, an, or experience shared, please email me at melanatedmemoirspod at gmail.com. Love you. Happy Black History Month. Man.